I miss my asexual girlfriend who doesn't make dick jokes about cats. to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Josh. How you doing today, Josh? I'm doing okay. Today, we're here to talk about Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode 15, The Landscape Framed by Kozue. How do you feel about this episode? I like this episode. One of the things I like most about this episode is that it involves Mickey. When any episode that does, I like. Like automatically, even if it's terrible and everything bad happens. Because he's there, and he's perfect and pure. Tiny, innocent, blue hair boy. But, um, Mickey aside, this one's actually really interesting. It continues... Like it, it takes a element of the first arc I thought that they were done with and runs with it. So it's neat. Yeah, actually, that's going to be something that you are going to see a, a little bit of in this arc is characters from the first arc who had plot lines, having them come back sort of in the second arc as a way of revisiting through uh, through different duels, which I think is neat. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't just drop some of these storylines where they ended at the first arc because that would have been unsatisfying. That would have been much less satisfying. Yeah, they missed a lot of opportunities yeah this episode is about miki and kozue and i reblogged a picture of kozue on our tumblr or i put it in our queue i don't know if it has actually been posted yet and it was somebody's fan art of kozue and in the description they said i love kozue and i had not watched this episode yet so in the tags i wrote but why though because she's like a, a total bitch in the first episode that she's in and she i mean she's a bitch in this episode too but I actually, I owe that artist an apology because I actually liked her a little more in this episode, even if she's still pretty terrible. She's interesting as a character. I feel like she gets a little more personality in this episode as opposed to her previous episode. Yeah. You ready to start the episode? I am, actually. We open on one of the hallways in school. We've seen this hallway a lot. A lot. Miki is walking down the hallway. We hear a flash of music and we see a musical score go across the screen briefly and we see Miki's sister Kozue talking to a boy and he's doing that thing where he puts his hand on the wall that's like a a trope thing that I don't remember what it's called where he's sort of like cornering her against the wall yeah I know you're referring to I just can't remember what it's called she she sees all giggly and he just stares he doesn't seem necessarily mad about it though it just seems impassive yeah she was briefly distracted Distracted by seeing Miki, but she seems to sort of play up her flirtatiousness. I, I'm not sure how to put that. Well, once she sees Miki, and was that the guy that was talking to her just now? No, it's a different guy. Okay, that's a different guy. Another guy wearing a burgundy suit walks up to Miki and starts talking to him. And Kozue sees that somebody is talking to Miki, and she pushes away the boy that was talking to her. And if looks kill she's like i love that she just like puts her hand on his face and like mid-sentence and just pushes you're useless to me now 
we see a shot of Toga sitting in a chair and Naname asks, you know, are you staying home again today? At least have something to eat. He's listening to music. Naname is in her duelist outfit, which is, as always, very cute. Naname says that for now she will take care of the student council and we see Mikage and Mamma Mia in their dark room with the black roses or black rose rather. This is where they hatch their plot. If they can't make duelists out of new people, perhaps they can try again with the old. Yes, they need to create new duelists in some way so that they can make Mamma Mia the new Rose Bride. And they were talking about how weak-hearted the student council was. And we cut to Kozue at the pool. Someone calls her name and it's two girls who are teasing her about changing boyfriends. And she says she didn't change boyfriends. She just added one. And they giggle and she says, you guys could do that too, you know. And one of the girls says, okay, you should introduce me to your brother. And this obviously makes Kozue very mad. And she says there's actually someone else that he seems to be interested in and then we cut to Mickey outside of Anthe and Utena's dorm and he's trying to psych himself up into asking Anthe to play piano with him and Utena comes up behind him and is like hey what's up and she invites him in and is like hey Anthe Mickey's here and he blushes I love that she like is not only is she totally aware of the fact that he has a massive crush on her like she just is just practically just egging him on at this point. Miki is very blushy right now and Choo Choo is eating watermelon. In the English dub, he mistakenly calls Choo Choo Cha Cha instead of Choo Choo, which I think is different in Japanese from Choo Choo. It's like slightly different. And, and he'll, he'll say something awkward and there's a long silence and then he'll say something awkward again. Yeah, he says that he calls choo-choo cha-cha and anthony's like well it's choo-choo but i like the name cha-cha and then he blushes because they have the same tastes and now he has finally worked up the nerve and he asks anthony if she would play piano with him and utana is sitting over there looking as though she has set up a couple that she's very excited about i think she's just so pleased the guy who talked to miki earlier was apparently his music teacher and miki wants to introduce anthe to his music teacher and then we have this really weird scene where someone's running away with music and theirs goes away at the top of the stairs that was the music teacher he seemed to be running down the stairs and throwing his papers everywhere but jury appears and says that it doesn't seem like he fell, he was pushed. And she is implying that Kozue pushed him. And Kozue totally confirms this. Jury asks Kozue why she hates the music teacher and Kozue says she can't forgive anyone who hurt her Mickey. He made a milkshake. Doesn't look like a milkshake, but I believe him because he's Mickey and he's pure. He would never lie to me. It appears that Kozue is in bed and she did not want her milkshake. She says she can't drink anything that sweet. I think that Mickey and his sister are like 14. Maybe. If they're, cause like the fact that they still share a room is a little weird. 
Yeah. Look at them playing pianos. We have cut to Anthe and Miki playing the piano together, and Kozue is watching from outside the room, and Utsuna is like, oh, you must be Kozue. Miki's told me so much about you, and Utsuna says, if you were a boy, there'd be no difference between you and Miki, but Kozue says, Miki and I are nothing alike, and then she asks about the girl with the glasses, meaning Anthe. She wants to know her name. Utena tells her and is like, what about her? And Kozue is just staring. And then we see briefly Mamma Mia picking up the rose from their dark room with only the rose in it. The dark seed has been planted. And in an exciting turn of events, we get our student council speech in the elevator. But who is giving the speech? It's not Toka because he's not at school. It's Naname. Naname is taking over for his role as the student council, which she did say earlier she was going to do. But I'm just very delighted by the fact that she did the speech in the elevator. And she asks if anybody has any objections to her being there. And they're like, nah. So they she, say no, but neither of them will like face her. Yeah. I love that the fan also turns with her magically. And also there are like as a whole wall of fans. Jury says that they haven't been receiving any letters from End of the World, and we cut to a scene of Utna and Akio talking to each other about Anthe. And Akio says that he's glad that Anthe is making friends with a girl like her. And Utana says that he clearly cares about his sister. And she asks, what kind of bond does a little sister have with her big brother? Which is a terrible question that she should not have asked our sweet summer child. Oh, yeah. Just it. it there's so much situational irony. Stopwatch. Stopwatch. He's actually using it for something this time. We cut to Miki sitting at the piano and he is doing something with his stopwatch and a metronome. And then he seems to have fallen asleep the next thing we know. And Kozue is standing there and she seems to be thinking about when they used to play piano together. We see a shot of butterflies perched on the straws of their drinks. And I would not be able to drink from a straw that a bug had been on. I would have to wipe that clean. <laughs> he touches his hair. Kozue gently touches Miki's hair, and I think she gives him a kiss on the ear, or she starts to, and then Anthe appears, and Kozue is like, oh, you saw? And she's like, what do you want? And she says, you want to say something, don't you? And Anthe's like, say something? And then Miki wakes up with his stopwatch. Was it just me, or did Anthe look legitimately, like, a little taken aback by that? Yeah, I don't know why she would be, but yeah, she is. Oh, we just saw that uh, Kozue is 13. Which means Vicky is 13 and they sleep in the same room. That's a little strange. Kozue is in the confession elevator and she's talking about Miki. She's saying that uh, he's always been very good to her even since they were little. But even though he puts on an appearance anytime she gets hurt uh, it's all he can think about and Kozue admits that that's why she always dates boys that he disapproves of because she wants his attention and I hate Mikage saying deeper all the time during these sequences it makes me very uncomfortable Mikage shows up 
Yeah. And like just suddenly standing behind everyone. Yes, Mikage appears behind Kozue and leads her to the place where the bodies are, I guess, that we saw in the first episode. But we don't see the dramatic taking of the ring off the body and whatnot. Instead, we get Miki playing the same song he's always played. He only no, knows he's not no, playing we it. We see Mi- Miki is walking down a hallway and he hears that song that's that he's always playing. And he follows the sound and he finds Kozue playing the piano in the piano room. There she is. It's actually canonical to you to know that there's only one song written for piano in this world. Oh, yes, of course. True Utena facts. Look at him all mesmerized. Miki is mesmerized by the fact that his sister is playing the piano again. And she is wearing one of the black rose rings, as is to be expected. And she is touching him on his face. And he's like, what are you doing? And then she goes to, like, kiss him. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's freaking out. And he sees the ring now. And she says, isn't it nice? It matches yours. This is the rose which... Which blooms at the end of the world and she has the black rose on her chest and we see Miki and Kozue silhouetted in black against red with butterflies everywhere and a sword comes out of Miki similarly to how swords come out of Anthe. It is in fact Miki's sword. Utsuna and Wakaba are walking and it is cute because they are arm in arm. And there it is. The anonymous challenge. We see the challenge to Utena about the Rose Bride. And we get our Aiko and Biko segment, which again takes place alongside Utena and the classmates that are around her. And they're hot coffee sandwiches for sale. Extra, extra, extra. Hot coffee sandwiches and cold beer for sale. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Hot coffee, sandwiches, cold beer for sale. I'm the only one in this car, you know. Hot coffee, sandwiches, and cold beer for sale. Shut up! I don't want anything to eat. I don't want anything to drink. So ignore her. Oh, excuse me. Coffee and a sandwich, please. What a weird little skit. Yeah. We see Utsuna going to the dueling arena, as she always does. And then the absolute destiny apocalypse! I really legitimately love this song. I do too. I love the music in this show. I know I've said it before, but I really do. The theme music, like the the interstitial music, like the music that plays during important scenes. One of the things I like is that if you pay attention to the, like, I have the, I have all subtitles, uh-huh. and the lyrics for, especially during duels, is, are very interesting, because sometimes they are, they're poignant in juxtaposition with what is happening. Yeah, the lyrics in Japanese music, at least as far as it is in anime, are often very metaphorical, and they use a lot of weird, flowery language. Yeah, it's... It's it's weird because the um, translation with any anything that's vaguely versed, translation does weird things. Absolutely. Yeah. Try translating the Aeneid into English. Yeah, the lyrics of this song, as they are translated in our subtitles, do not make any sense. We have the Sir Glee Castle. The desks are on the dueling arena again, and this time they have flower pots on them, or vases, I guess. Uh, No, that appears to be a pitcher. 
maybe? It's the milkshake. Oh, the milkshake. How could I not see that? It's Miki's milkshake. It seemed to be bigger. But Kozue says, take your sword or I'm going to take the Rose Bride, which is different from saying she's going to kill the Rose Bride. It's slightly different. Utena makes a note of the fact that Kozue's stance is similar to Miki's when he is going to duel. And we get our scene of Utena pulling the sword out of Anthe so it will grant her the power to bring the world revolution. The lyrics for this one are time machine back to when I was a precious young child, which is, yeah, I mean, that's basically sums up a lot of this. A lot of their, her and Mickey are wrapped up in their childhood still. It's the only whole reason they have a problem. Yeah, this song definitely is a little more relevant. And Uzuna's like, stop this. And Kozue's like, no, Anthe must die. Which I guess she is gonna kill her? I don't know. I don't know. By the way, I would like to point out that, and Anthe's also drinking milkshake, which is weird, but also just really funny for some reason. But they actually used the exact same footage during most, during this duel in the last duel where they, they're locked together and they're like one hand on each other's arms, kind of. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's the exact same footage. And this is kind of spoilery, but that's not the first time they will use the exact same frame. Well, there's a lot that's repeated in Utena. Yeah. Kozue earlier said that Miki and her are the only ones who deserve to exist, which is an interesting sentiment. Utena calls down the power of Dios and cuts the rose off of Kozue's breast, as she always does. Not always, but most Twitch of the time. Twitch is... Ah! I wish she won't second. Kozue. Actually, they don't show her like doing those creamy things. She's just like suddenly in a per- her little her little silhouette. Yeah, Kozue has fallen down onto her silhouette on the floor and her ring has broken. None of these duels really feel quite as cathartic and, yeah, take that as the duels in the first arc. Just another thing. Like, a lot of the first arc duels very much feel like triumph and these two do not feel like a triumph at all. Well, I think part of why that is is because these people don't seem to be dueling because they want to or feel like they need to, but because they are kind of being manipulated by Mikage. And we get another scene of Miki and Kozue in their room together, and she asks Miki if he'll make her a milkshake. Which kind of feels like maybe something is better now with them. I don't know, but she doesn't remember what happened in the duel, much like Kane in the previous episode. So, I don't know. We see another scene of Anthe putting her glasses on the table. She is at Akio's room. I I don't know what to call it. His observatory or whatever. His lair. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And he says, tonight I will protect you. And she goes, choo, choo. Why, though? Why does she... (sighs) There's so many questions. Uh, Yeah. And then the episode ends. So there's that. Yeah, I, I liked this episode. I like that we get some more development on Kozue and Miki's relationship and specifically her feelings towards him because a lot of the previous episode had more to do with his feelings towards her and then like hers were sort of a foil to his. But it, this episode focuses much more on her than it does Miki as far as like emotionally. Mm-hmm. It's- the first arc is about initial conflicts the second arc kind of tends seems to be about externalities 
like the first arc, we have the student council's problems, their emotives, their insecurities, or their, you know, being evil. This one is kind of about all the people they hurt along the way here. Whereas in the first arc, the whole Rosebride thing seemed very much like the people, the duelists all seemed very insulated in their own little world. Now we find out that they're not, that they are actually rather connected. And this arc is kind of about that in a way. Well, in the first arc, the dueling aspect, of everything was very insular because the other mm-hmm. characters didn't seem to know about it, didn't seem to participate in it at all. But in this arc, so we have someone that is outside the student council, but who also appears to be working with End of the World, except also maybe against End of the World. That, that's sort of uh, unclear right now. But we have an outside force that is bringing other people into this dueling game. Uh, it's not entirely clear exactly what their end game is, partially because, at least from my perspective, I don't really understand what the end of the world is or how they mean it. Because they also say end of the world like it's a place, but also like it's a person and also like it's a thing. So I don't know. Well, what I can tell you is that definitely end of the world is a person. But I think they also use the phrase end of the world to mean maybe like something else. Like maybe like the end of the world, like actually. But definitely end of the world is a person, which is why they keep getting letters from them. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about Mikage and his motivations for doing what he is doing. I remember a little more about Mamma Mia, but I don't remember exactly what Mikage's endgame is other than the fact that he seems to be working with End of the World and he seems to be benefiting from what is happening somehow, or at least he is trying to benefit from what is happening. He certainly has a plan. And there are other characters who also have plans, but we don't know about that yet. There are so many plans. Plans within plans within plans. Yeah, this was a good episode. Not as... I don't know if I would say it's not as complicated as the last episode. It's probably about as complicated as the last episode, but this one has the benefit of coming after the first episode, which sets up all of the Black Rose stuff for us. And now future episodes will just get to build off of that. I am so excited to get to the next ones. I'm actually incredibly excited to get to the next one. What? What? What is? Oh, oh, yes. 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 I see. I was going to ask you what episode it was, but when I looked in the YouTube window, I saw that it was in the up next section, and I am also very excited about this episode. It's going to be an adventure. It's another Naname episode. It's another animal episode, and... That is always a good combination for hilarity. Oh, yes. I love Naname, and I love every time that she gets to take the spotlight, even though some of her spotlight episodes are pretty fillery. Something that I learned earlier while I was trying to find Mitsuru's name because we couldn't remember what his name was when we were talking is Naname does not feature in the revolutionary girl Utena manga. She is not a character. I mean, not that she doesn't exist. We apparently or the reader will apparently see her in a picture with Toga at some point, but she is not an active character in the manga. Oh, that's kind of surprising, actually. Which if the 
lack of the lack of romance between Utena and Anthe was not enough of a reason for me to not want to read the manga. That is another reason because I love Naname and I would be very sad to have to read a version of Utena that does not include her. Yeah, it would. I, I can't ever really imagine Utena without any Naname at all. Yeah, it would be a little less fillery, but uh, it's so fun. <laughs> But it's good filler, though. Yeah, that's the point. Is that it's not bad filler like in Dragon Ball Z where you'd spend three episodes waiting for somebody to throw a punch. Uh, it's good filler. It's it's fun filler. Well, okay, there is some good filler in Dragon Ball Z, too. In particular, my favorite filler episode Goku Dragon gets Ball his Z license. is where Goku gets his driver's license. We've probably talked about this before, but... Everyone has. It's, it's the greatest possible filler of all time and no one will ever beat it. Yeah, I think that you're right. I don't think that there are are any other filler episodes that can quite stand up to the hilarity that is Goku trying to get his driver's license. (laughs) Because that's such a ridiculous premise for an episode to begin with. It's just beautiful. But yeah, so back to the show that we are actually talking about. Any more thoughts about this episode? No, I think we're good. Yeah, I I liked seeing more Kozaway, and I like her a little more now than I did before, but I think that's just because we actually got to develop her some in this episode. Uh, she's still sort of a terrible bitch, but she's not as, or rather, she is a little more sympathetic uh, now, I think, at least, because I feel like now we got to learn more about, like, her motivations, which, I mean, obviously, like, we already knew that her motivations were tied to her weird, uh, too intimate relationship with her brother, but that becomes much more of a focus in this episode as well and yeah it was was a good episode i liked the i liked the duel and i'm excited for next week i just keep thinking about next week's episode oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be so good you guys if you would like to follow us on twitter and talk to us on twitter which is very fun you can do that at utanacast because i couldn't fit imagine me and utana in in twitter's (laughs) uh handle character restrictions so we are at Utenacast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. If you want to follow Josh on Twitter, where can they do that, Josh? Do that at Lyrewolf, which is at L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. Excellent. If you want to email us, you can do that at imagineandutana at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Tumblr, where we post about episodes and reblog fan art and gifts of Utana, you can do that at imagineandutana.tumblr.com. And we have a Patreon. I have not mentioned this in the past couple of episodes because I'm terrible and I forgot. But we have a Patreon now, and you can find that link on our SoundCloud page. And if you want to donate... That's great. Totally appreciate that. If you don't, it's fine. The show will always be free for you to listen to. But if we start getting donations and we get to a substantial amount of donations, we might do fun some fun stuff. I don't know. Things will occur. Things will definitely occur. We could do some bonus episodes about stuff. I'm not sure what we would talk about, but I'm sure we could find something. Oh, definitely we could find things. Yeah, so I guess that does it for this week. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later.